Good morning, all listeners. It is Sunday, November 6th, 2022. It's 8, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and this is episode 195 of Ball Talk with Boogie and the Baron. Ah, And I am the Baron. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Sunday fun day. Happy daylight savings time. I hope, I hope everybody got that extra hour of sleep you guys all needed after a treacherous Saturday of college football. And we are now back for the Sunday NFL slate for week number nine. We have a full card to go over, picks for every game, drink, bet Sunday. Boogie and I, we've been doing our capping since last night into this morning, and um, we're going to have a lot of disagreements, so a lot of arguments (laughs) and a lot of friendly fire debating. So we shall see how today transpires. We have the NFL slate today. We have, Boogie, the college football recap, and we will give our listeners, once again, Boogie and the Barons college football playoff top 25 after this week's action. But we got to start with a huge shout-out to the Houston Astros winning the World Series last night. The Phillies, Boogie, had a 1-0 lead all the way into the bottom of the sixth. They subbed out Zach Wheeler for Jose Alvarado to go lefty-on-lefty with Jordan Alvarez, and he hits a 450-foot bomb to dead center, three-run jack for the Astros to go up 3-1. Christian Vasquez then got a single and uh, drove in another run in that inning, and the, the Astros bullpen, who's been the best in the business all year, hangs on. Astros beat the Phillies 4-1. to and win the series 4-2. Congratulations to the Houston Astros, your 2022 World Series champions. Great job, Houston. Uh, I guess Houston did not have a problem. So we have a team that has now won two World Series the last six years. Yep. Uh, great job by them, although one might have been contended. Possible cheating there. Now but they, Now they got the monkey off their back. Nevertheless, they got the monkey off their back. Uh, great job! Their hitting and clutch timing of their hitting, oh, yeah. especially, was uh, something that uh, got them to where the promised land led them to. And obviously, they are World Series champs now. Great job uh, from them. Uh, that was an interesting game. After Schwarber hit the home run, go up one nothing. We thought, okay, here come the Phillies. Game seven, not so ma- fast, my friend. Four mm-hmm. runs in the sixth inning to be able to cap it off to win four to one. Uh, so great job, Houston. That Astros bullpen was lights out all postseason long. And the Houston Astros, the wire-to-wire AOS leaders for the whole summer. You know, Boogie and I, we went over the playoff picture in Major League Baseball the whole season. And the Astros were behind the Yankees early on. Um, and then once they took that number one spot in the American League, they never looked back. They, they cruised to an American League crown. Then they go undefeated all the way to the World Series. And then finally the Phillies steal game one of that World Series and they're split and you're going to Philadelphia and you're not really sure what's going to happen. And all the Astros do is win two out of three in Philadelphia, a place where nobody's won all postseason. And they come back home for game six, get the W and get the huge cash out for my man Mattress Mac, 75 million, baby. Congratulations to Mattress Mac on his big win. You took the words right out of my mouth. Jim McInville, known as Mattress Mac, cashed in tickets worth $75 million on the Astros Futures. Uh, It's the largest known sports betting win in history. Uh, I believe $30 million is going out uh, courtesy of the Caesars. uh, MGM as well was part of it. 
they got a few other hits uh, with all these different uh, places that he hit up over the last six months. And uh, he is now a very, very rich man off of this Astros win. We have to give also a huge shout-out to shortstop for the Astros, Jeremy Pena. In the offseason, the Astros let Carlos Correa go to the Minnesota Twins. We thought there'd be a big void in that spot. All they do is they plug in Jeremy Pena when the season started, and he has been absolutely electric. He becomes, he had 10 hits in the World Series, and he had amazing defense, a 1,000 percentage in uh and fielding. Um, Ten hits and great defense led to Pena, who's 25 years old, to become the first rookie position player to ever be named the MVP of the World Series. He joined LeVon Hernandez of the 97 Miami Marlins as the only rookies to win both LCS and World Series MVP. So, shout out to Jeremy Pena, ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, first position rookie in history of baseball to win MVP of the World Series. Great job by him. Um, so can't uh, leave out. This one last fact, though, about Mattress Mac. Um, so, of course, the winnings will mostly be paid out to customers through their promotion. Uh, it was a marketing and a hedge on the furniture deal, or the mm-hmm. furniture deal was a hedge on the bed, whichever you prefer. Yep. Um, basically, he's paying out his customers uh, and getting all free mattresses. Good. Um, that's amazing. You know, he does this all the time. Yeah. And he's lost a few in a row. Yeah. He's lost a good bit, but this got it all back and then some for him. $75 million. I think he was down about $25 mil coming into this. So. Yeah, his significant <clears throat> other actually was telling him, maybe you should cool off. Uh, yeah. And this is, uh, you're, you're doing well in your mattresses uh, store and your company. Yep. Uh, 74, 75 years old, and he, he don't give a damn. This this guy uh, is, is a great marketing uh, play for him and his business, and yeah. he's a great entrepreneur. I want to have a beer with him. He sounds like a cool guy. Hell yeah. My type of guy laying 10 mil. Definitely. I would if I had it. That's for sure. For sure. So, yes. Shout out to the Astros. Great baseball season. We will now put baseball on hold for the foreseeable future as we dive into college and pro football, um, NBA and NHL, and we also have college basketball starting tomorrow. Boogie actually grabbed the sheet from the sportsbook last night. Hell yeah! There's a hundred college basketball games tomorrow. So college basketball starting tomorrow. Cannot wait. What a great time. The World Series ends and one day later, college basketball. That's what I'm talking about, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it. So college basketball begins tomorrow. So we will be monitoring college basketball as the uh, year rolls on here. And then, you know, after you turn into the new year, you got the bowl games, you got the national championship in college, you got the Super Bowl, then you got March Madness, NBA and NHL playoffs, and then we roll back into baseball. So we will be putting baseball on hold for a few months. The only thing that I will be talking about baseball before the season starts is where will Aaron Judge wind up? We'll see if he can sign with the Yankees or if he goes somewhere else. But uh, San Francisco Giants are... They're, put, they're making a push for him. Like everything all in on him. So the Houston Astros win the World Series. Congratulations to the city of Houston. And they finally get that World Series after the cheating scandal to get the monkey off of their back. So shout out to the Astros. Yesterday in the college football world was absolute mayhem. Mayhem. And I'm very excited to go over with Boogie our new top 25 in college football. We'll kind of go over the... Um, the results, as well as the uh, the rankings that we think are going to be, um, you know, where we think they're going to be at, 
And, you know, it all started, the upsets all started on uh, Friday night with Washington beating Oregon State. So Oregon State, who was 23 coming into the college football playoff rankings this week, they lose. So Oregon State will drop out of the top 25. You could probably make a case that Washington jumps in at 7-2. and two. Now, to begin yesterday's action, um, before we put together the top 25, we had the statement win that everybody's been looking for, and that was from Georgia. Um, it's been noted Georgia won the national championship last year, undefeated this year, and um, maybe felt a little bit of sign of disrespect with the committee putting Tennessee number one, even though Georgia hasn't lost a game in two years. Yeah, that's a head-scratcher here. And, I mean, I don't know if you want to do this now or later, but the fact of the matter is is that this is all a soap opera drama. It is. Because, honestly, when you look back now, Georgia should have never dropped, not three. even to three. Yeah, they, they should not have even dropped to, from one. Yeah. And they wind up going from one to three so that they could set up this great television matchup of one versus three. Yeah. Georgia wins. They wind up getting back the number one spot. Yep. And, of course... That's what happened. Tennessee could not move the ball. Uh, Hinton Hooker had a really hard time yesterday. Uh, that Georgia weather was just, I think it had a lot to do with it as well. But yeah. you got you to gotta give a shout out to Georgia. Georgia played unbelievable defense yep. against his top rated Tennessee offense. Didn't uh, hold them to only 13 points. They were up 27-6 and they gave up a garbage touchdown on the fourth. That was the only time Tennessee got in the end zone. So they shut down that high-powered offense. That combined with Ohio State's struggles yesterday, a 7-7 tie at the half with Northwestern, and they win the second half 14-0. A low-scoring, ugly win for Ohio State, but a win's a win. And Ryan Day has been amazing since being head coach. Um, He's actually won 46 of the 48 Big Ten games since becoming Ohio State's head coach. And Ohio State gets to 9-0 with a 21-7 win. I got another record for you. They also became the number one college football team in history for consecutive games with 20 or more points scored. Wow. Uh, I believe it was the Oklahoma Sooners that had done it with 69. They are now at 70 straight games of 20 points or more. That's incredible, isn't it? Day, and as Day's, uh, I think his uh, early season game, his first first game yeah, as head coach. His whole tenure, pretty much. As well as offensive coordinator, too. So, with those two results, you could pretty much expect Georgia, I think, to jump to number one. And Ohio State will stay at two. Yeah. In my, I, in my I, opinion. Yeah, you can't move Ohio State to one. Um, I mean... I don't know what these uh, these people would be talking about yeah. if, if they did. You got to go three to back to one, and, and I don't know where you would put Tennessee. Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about is try to figure that out because the number one team in the country lost, and also the number four team in the country lost. So Clemson, who came in under Dabo Sweeney undefeated. Bounce-back season from last year, they go to Notre Dame and get rolled. Yeah, they did. It was 28-0 in that game. They scored a couple touchdowns late. A 35-14 win for the Irish, who suddenly burst onto the scene. 6-3 and three now. If it wasn't for a sluggish start for Notre Dame, you got to remember this team was preseason top five. Um, they had a bad start, but they've came around, and they knocked off Clemson. So Clemson will also drop in this in the ranks. Clemson will drop. Um, 
you know, there was some talk about DJ Ugalele having issues uh, early on in the season, mm-hmm. and uh, they are they are struggling right now. Don't know what what's going to happen uh, with that offense, but I don't know. Notre Dame though put it on them. They really did. So Clemson to drop, Tennessee to drop. That opens up the number three line right now, and I'm wondering if Michigan is going to. Take that number three spot. They get the 9-0. They had a pretty close first half with Rutgers. They were down 17-14 at half. They beat them 38-0 in the second half. Beat them 52-17. Michigan looking all the part of a playoff team right now. Um, what do you think, Boogie? Uh, Michigan going to 9-0? You think they move to three? I think you got Michigan going to three. Uh, Jim Harbaugh got them uh, rolling right now. And uh, obviously, we got a couple more weeks, and we'll see the big game with Michigan playing against Ohio State. Yep. And we'll see what happens with that because that could determine yep. a playoff spot. It very well could. And Michigan gets the win and gets to 9-0. and And then you have some conversations. I think what the committee is going to be talking about the most is going to be this number four spot. Because you look down, you have the number one team, Tennessee, getting their first loss. You have the number four team, Clemson, getting their first loss. LSU, who came in number 10, upsets number six, Alabama, 32-31 in overtime. What a classic that was. Death Valley at night. Have fun with that. But now you have two seven and two teams in the SEC, Alabama and LSU, both at seven and two. So this this is my question. TCU, who's number seven right now, a 34-24 win at home against Texas Tech. They took care of business. It was a good game, but Tennessee wins by 10. My question is, does Tennessee get rewarded that number four spot? Does an undefeated Big 12 team make it in over a one-loss SEC team? Nah, I got to go Tennessee four. I mean, that's wow. the way it's got to be. Uh, I just think that a signature win for TCU – uh, should should come soon, but I think that Tennessee. Playing, so you think you think they're still going to make them earn it? I think they're going to make them earn it. Um, I think that uh, Tennessee, again, they played on the road and uh, in bad weather. No excuses, but in bad weather, you can't drop a, a number one team out of the top four you, for for losing to Georgia. Yeah, for losing to Georgia. So you want to maybe just drop Tennessee down to four, TCU five. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go Tennessee at number four and TCU at five. So now the question remains, how far do you drop Clemson? Because now you obviously would keep Clemson above Alabama and probably above LSU unless you're doing, I mean, this is the tricky part about these rankings. This really is Is where are they going to, where are they putting in Clemson right now? Because Clemson with one loss, right? Yep. You got Oregon, number eight right now, one, 49-10, dominated. And you had USC, number nine, dominated. So where does that put those two teams? Because you have two one-loss Pac-12 schools, and you have a one-loss Clemson team out of the ACC, and then you got Bama. I feel like you gotta drop Bama a I, little bit. You I think gotta, I'm gonna put them in the top, maybe ten. You gotta, you gotta drop them. So now, I think what we have to figure out here is we have a three horse race here for number six. Do they reward Clemson, who lost at Notre Dame, who's unranked? How do you match Clemson's resume up with Oregon and USC? 
Because here's my thing. I feel like the Pac-12 is a little bit better of a conference than mm-hmm. ACC this year. So strength of record in regards to Oregon and USC, it's going to benefit them. Yes. So would you venture to say Oregon and USC will jump Clemson? I, I could see that happening, absolutely. They they really don't have a great win. I mean, they had a, a 51-45 win against number 20 Wake Forest on the road. Yeah. Uh, they beat NC State also it was 21st uh, the following week, yeah. 30-20. to But after that, I mean, they beat an okay Florida State team on the road, Mm 34-28. And then they took care of number 22 Syracuse, 27-21 last week. But to lose to Notre Dame, who lost to a lot of bad teams earlier, I think that's just... They lost to Marshall. Yeah, it's a bad bad loss for Clemson. I think... I think we go, we reward Oregon, because we've been high on Oregon and USC in this Pac-12 this whole year. So let's go Oregon at 6, USC at 7, and Clemson at 8. So you're making TCU 5. TCU 5. TCU got to be 5, Tennessee 4. Yep, that's where I'm at. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee is the top 4. TCU at 5, Oregon at 6, USC at 7, Clemson at 8. I I think that's fair. Now it gets a little bit dicey now because... Now we're in that next tier. Right. Now you've got a couple of two-loss SEC teams. And there's no way I could put LSU behind Alabama they just, they LSU just, just beat them. Straight. Hey, that's the biggest thing for the committee, by the way, is the head-to-head. Right. So LSU beat Alabama, so they have to be above Alabama. Yes. So now this is my next question. So now you have the number 12 team in the country who was your best bet yesterday. Yes, sir. A 50-36 to 36 win. Now, they penalized TCU because in the first eight games, TCU's defense has been a little shaky. UCLA, even though they can score at will with DTR and Charbonnet and those guys, their defense has been a little bit shaky. So this is my next question. In the battle for number 9 and 10 and 11, we know it's probably going to be UCLA, LSU, Alabama. But here's the question, though. Do you put a one-loss Pac-12 team over two Two loss SEC schools. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that UCLA could take care of business with their offense, DTR, Charbonnet, and that run game? They got a couple guys that can play. Yeah. Um, do you put them over over Alabama? Because of, if you put UCLA against Alabama right now, I think UCLA gives them a good chance. I think they'd give them a win. And, and you know, me personally, and remember, this is our rankings. We're, we're treating this as if we're the committee here. You got to, I think, go... I think with the quality of win that LSU had, they have to move up a spot. Yeah, they have to. I think you have to give LSU the benefit of the doubt and put them at nine. And put I Alabama at ten, maybe. That's my question. Do you put the, the committee loves Alabama? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll notate that. So just for the sake of a prediction, knowing the committee and they love the SEC, let's go LSU nine, Bama ten, UCLA eleven. UCLA eleven. Okay. So we're going to go LSU at 9, Alabama's going to drop to number 10, and UCLA number 11. This is this is why they need this 12-team playoff. Yeah, because we're almost to 12 teams right now. So now we have further discussions because I'm flipping back and forth here. I'm just trying to make sure we're not missing out on anybody. We have Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama, TCU, Oregon, USC, LSU. Okay, all these teams are in... UCLA. No, but wait a minute, though. Ole Miss, I think, was off. Ole Miss. 
Ole Miss won at Texas A&M, but that was a week ago. Ole Miss on a bye week, and they get Alabama this week. So that's my next question. So Ole Miss having one loss, coming in to this at number 11, do we do we jump UCLA over Ole Miss? I would. All right. So UCLA 11, Ole Miss 12. So we are essentially penalizing Ole Miss for not playing a game. But if they beat Alabama next week, they're going to move up. Top 10. Right. All this doesn't matter. All you got to do is win your games. Right. So Ole Miss will be 12. I, w- I wanted to make sure because I knew there was somebody on a bye. So we got Ole Miss in at 12. Now this is when it gets interesting because the number 13 team in the country was Kansas State. They lost, so they'll drop, mm-hmm. making room for our next com- next candidates here, which is Utah and Penn State. Yep. Utah 45-20 over Arizona. Penn State 45-14 over Indiana. Penn State's only two losses. Or- Michigan, Ohio State. Exactly. With Utah already being ranked above Penn State and dominating, I feel like you got to fall them in in the next two slots. I agree. So we're going to go Utah at 13, and we're going to go Penn State – at 14. Now, this is where it gets even more interesting. You have a three-loss Kansas State school. You know they're going to drop. So anybody out there that is solid, that has one or two losses, needs to be taken into consideration at this point. Mm-hmm. We already have Utah, and we already have Penn State moving up. Let me look at this little little deal here. And we know Kansas State's going to drop. Illinois also lost. Yeah, bad loss for them. Illinois lost at home to Michigan State. So that number 15 spot looks like Drake May and the Tar Heels, who were on the verge of a... Uh, Collapse against a Virginia team is terrible. And they won. And But here's the, where North Carolina benefits, is everybody around them lost. Right. So when you look at this, you have a one-loss Carolina team. You have a Tulane team, which the committee really gave some good credit to Tulane, and rightfully so. They just keep winning games. Yeah. So I think... 15 and 16, you probably got to go North Carolina and Tulane. I think you're right on there. Uh, Oklahoma State, man. Another loss. That's another loss for them. I think this team's out of the top 25. I think so, too, with three losses. Yeah, they lose I mean, to we'll, Kansas we'll, on the road. We'll see what everybody else has, but for the sake of this, let's put North Carolina at 15. They did win. It wasn't pretty, but they won. The committee's going to give Tulane some love, and where these two schools really benefited was everybody around them lost. You know, you had Penn State and Utah win, but you had Illinois lose, Oklahoma State lose, Syracuse lose, Wake Forest, who's 21, lost. Yeah. UCF, who's 25, lost. So, or, or they won, I'm sorry. Yeah. So now, now we get into the conversation of how far do you drop a Kansas State team who's got three losses? Because... Kansas State with three losses. Illinois now has two losses, but they lost at home to Michigan State. Yeah, that's a bad loss. That's a really bad loss. And then how you know Texas is going to move up, right? even though they have three losses, but they're probably the best three-loss team out of the bunch. We talked about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Narrow losses to Alabama, Texas Tech in overtime, and another good school. So their losses are, are, are clean. So that's my next question is, we have the top 16 where... Do the rest? I mean, obviously Texas just beat Kansas State, so they got to move. So up. they gotta they gotta surpass them, right? Mm, I mean, they're going all the way from twenty four. I, I don't know if they pass them. Twenty four. That was just a bad loss for them. Now, was, and, now, Kansas State had a great win against TCU. 
Well, they lost. Uh, Arnold lost to TCU, but Kansas State actually is dropping from thirteen to twenty-five. I mean, you got Texas at 20, 24. Right? Yeah, so that's my question. Texas beating Kansas State? Does... I can't see them dropping that that low. You don't think Texas will jump Kansas State? I don't think so. Even after beating them on the road? Yeah, I don't think so. Both had the same amount of losses, too. Yeah, I mean, it was a good win for Texas. It was. It was a good win for Texas, but I just think that Kansas State... Ooh, that's a tough one. I think we might have to slide NC State here. I think NC State, they, their backups played really well, and they, they took care of business. They were at 22. So I think, and, and you got to reward UCF too, who keeps winning. Road wins are tough to come by in college football. and But that's that. That's my question is, how far well, do you... These guys are going to come down a little bit So that's my, to, to fill in the 16 to 20. That That's where I'm at, because I got Tulane at 16, so now... You know, do you drop Kansas State to 17? I mean, maybe drop Oklahoma State from 18. To potentially out. To either out or in the, the high 20s. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, then you've got to go with someone like uh, North Carolina, move them up. Tulane, move them up. I got- Syracuse lost. Syracuse may be out of the top 25. That's three straight losses And Wake for lost, too. And Wake lost and as well. And so did Oregon State. Yeah. This, you might have some new top 25s in there. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now because I'm trying to compare the AP, too, because we talked about Liberty making the playoff in the initial rankings. All they did yesterday was win at Arkansas, right, right. an SEC team. Yep. Tulane now is 8-1. and one. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So pretty they, impressive. Should, they should move up. But so, Notre Dame might be in the top twenty-five as well with that Clemson win. I think they should be after beating Clemson. Yeah. So that 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 that's my question. We're at seventeen. You have Kansas State, who lost to Texas. God, I, are, do you want to put Kansas State above Texas, even though they just lost? That's tough. Maybe flip flop them. I can't move them. I can't move them all the way from thirteen. Well, maybe they were over. Maybe they really were overrated at number what, thirteen. What we're talking about. Here is who's going to be in like the 17, 18, 19 range. Yeah, but you're going to drop K State from 13 all the way down to 20, 25, move Texas up past them into the high teens. Not, I don't think necessarily that they're going to drop that far because you have an Oregon State team that lost, you had a Wake Forest team that lost. Syracuse lost, Okie State lost, Illinois lost. We already have Carolina and Tulane. I think this is perfect for where Texas and Kansas State should fall in. Right. I think maybe I think we got to go Texas at eleven, and we got to go Kansas State at twelve, just because they just played. I want to reward Texas, but I don't want to draw Kansas State that much. Right? What do so, you mean, seventeen and eighteen? Seventeen and eighteen, and then after that. You know, you have Illinois who had a that's a really bad loss at home to a bad Michigan State yeah. team. Syracuse losing at Pitt, that's a little bit more reputable, but still not very good. I think this is when NC State and UCF kind of come into the fold here after getting wins. Right. Against- These guys could be over here in the last echelon. She should be down here in the top twenty to twenty five range then. I'm thinking I'm thinking NC State at nineteen and UCF at 20, now we have to talk about new arrivals versus potentially teams falling out. You know, I don't think that they'll penalize Illinois that much and get them out of the top 25. No, not with one loss. Well, they have two Two now. losses, sorry. So, two-loss Illinois. We have two-loss Illinois. We have three-loss Syracuse, three-loss Wake. 
three-loss Oregon State. This is where you make room for Notre Dame, I think. Yeah, maybe Notre Dame back in the top 25, do you think, at number 25, 24. Do you think – so do you move Notre Dame past Illinois is, is my next question. No. So let's go, let's go Illinois at 21. We'll take Illinois at 21. Now we have Notre Dame again. And remember, Kentucky is another team with three losses that are right there. So – We'll throw them in the mix in a minute. You keep Illinois I think in. Yeah, Washington in there maybe. Washington Ooh. number twenty-five. Washington is another team to talk about. A two-loss Pac-12 team that just beat Oregon State. So that is essentially my next question. So we're gonna we're gonna keep Illinois in. We don't want to penalize them too much. So now we have Oklahoma State. So we could just pretty much do head-to-heads here. You have a three-loss Oklahoma State team over a three-loss Notre Dame team. Notre Dame just beat Clemson. I think you got to put Oklahoma Oklahoma State out. Okay. So Notre Dame above Oklahoma State. Yeah. Do you have Washington above Oklahoma State? Yeah. Okay. So now I think in our 22 and 23 spots, we should put Notre Dame in Washington. Right. In my opinion. So we're going to go Notre Dame up into number 22, and we're going to go Washington at 23. So now we have two more spots available, and we got to figure this out. You got Wake Forest with three losses. You got Syracuse with three losses. And you got, um, who am I missing? Oregon State with three losses. Now, the question is here. You look at these three teams that all lost. Syracuse, Wake, Oregon State. Okay? I think you take Oregon State out. They all have three losses. Now we talk about teams such as Cincinnati. We talk about Liberty, who has one loss. Liberty? Is, do you, with Liberty winning at an SEC school, I feel like they deserve to be in the top 25 at this point. Yeah, you can put them in there. I, I, I like that. Liberty, Wake's lost two in a row. So, let's compare this. Oregon State, I think, is out. Yeah. Wake Forest. Do you put in Wake Forest over, say, Kentucky? A three-loss SEC team. Mm, I like Wake Forest still. Okay. So, Kentucky will remain out. I think the last two spots are going to go to Wake and Liberty. All right. But how do you jump Liberty over Wake? Uh, do, I probably would put Liberty number 25. Okay. Let's move Liberty into 25, and we'll put Wake at 24. Yeah. Does that sound fair? Yeah, fair enough. Or does Oklahoma State deserve it? Well, I mean, Oklahoma State just, they they lost. They got shut out and blown out. Couldn't score a point last week. Yeah. Now they they lose again this week. How about week. this? Baylor won at Oklahoma. Mm, no, I still don't like them. Okay. I still don't like them. So, you think Oklahoma State... Is going to fall past Wake. Yeah. Okay. So we want to go Wake at 24. Yeah. All right. Cool. There it is. There it is. Our top 25 is done, baby. Let's go. Now, um, real quick, standings outlook, setting up our conference championship games. Tulane remains atop of the AAC, looking to play UCF or Houston. Or, I'm sorry, UCF or Cincinnati in the AAC championship game. Tulane just keeps winning. They're looking like a lock for the championship game. Sure are. You got that. Clemson just lost, but that's not really going to affect 
That's not a conference loss. No. That's not going to affect them in their standings. Clemson and North Carolina on a collision course in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Big 12, TCU at 6-0. You got a three-way tie behind them with Texas Baylor and Kansas State. Texas has a tiebreaker. Texas could win this Big 12 and get into a big big bowl game still. Yes, absolutely, and I like them. Uh, I think they're on a roll right now. They have been incredible. Texas TCU actually play next week, so that's going to be big. Michigan-Ohio State, obviously that game's going to decide the East. Illinois took a step back in the West, losing a game. They're 4-2. and two. They have Wisconsin, Purdue, and Iowa, and Minnesota all on their heels. Who knows who's going to come out of that Big Ten West. Whoever survives that is looking at a butt-whooping against the Ohio State-Michigan winner. I can tell you this much right now. Mm. The, Ohio, the Ohio State-Michigan winner is going to go to the playoff. Oh. That is a lock. I mean, I'm, I'm to the... The way that it's working, you might have both of those teams you, play. You might. You you very well, depending on what all happens, I agree. UTSA, overtime win again. They keep winning in Conference USA, six straight. UTSA now number one still. North Texas on their heels at 5-1. And, and Western Kentucky, who scored a lot of points yesterday, they are two back. So. Let me ask you a question. And I know we got to speed this up a little bit here, but you got Ohio State and Michigan playing each other at the end of the season – if the loser of that game, would you take Alabama over any of those teams in the number four? I don't think so. No, nah, I think you got you got to kick Alabama out. Alabama, so, Alabama would need to win out and hope that LSU loses one two to get to the championship. I, th- I think Alabama needs some help. So Alabama wins. Let's just say they, they win out. I think if Alabama wins out. And plays in the SEC championship game and wins the SEC, then you could probably give them a spot. That's bogus. I'm just saying. It's Alabama. Mm. I, but we'll see. I mean, we'll have to see how this all looks. Right now, Alabama's number 10, in my opinion. So they got some work to do. Um, we shouted out Liberty Independence, 8 and 1, looking great. Notre Dame, 6 and 3 behind them. The MAC, Maction is back, baby. Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, Buffalo and Ohio and Bowling Green, tied for first in the MAC and Toledo in the West. So we'll see what happens with that. Mountain West, Boise State lost yesterday, but it wasn't a conference loss. They're still 5-0. Fresno State got Jake Hayner back, and San Jose State got Hawaii Chancellor Siobhan Crodero at 4-1 in the West. So Fresno State and San Jose State looking to probably take on Boise in the Mountain West Championship game. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see because I like uh, the way that that's shaping up, and uh, we'll see what happens. The Pac-12 is more of the same, Boogs. Undefeated Oregon. USC, UCLA, and Utah undefeated. Gauntlet. All, all one all one loss. Gauntlet. Love it. All of those teams in the top 14, in my opinion. Georgia, who beat uh, Tennessee yesterday, now jumps to number one in the East with their foot on their throat, looking like an SEC championship game uh, contender right now, as long as they don't fall apart. Right now, LSU tied with Ole Miss. Ole Miss gets Alabama this weekend. Good luck. We'll see if LSU, controlling their own destiny, can make something happen. The fun belt's been fun this year. The Coastal, Coastal Car- Carolina. Coastal, top of them again. A win this week. 5-1 and one in conference. Troy and South Alabama tied in the West. And that is a wrap. If you want to take a quick little peek before we get into the NFL, next week's notable games in the top 25. Um, next week is week 12. Uh, Tulane SMU, big game for Tulane out of the American. They got to keep winning to keep, you know, because they, they reward the group of five's best team with a big bowl game, New mm-hmm. Year's Six. Yeah. Tulane competing for that. Tennessee at South Carolina, that should be a bounce back for them. Ohio State at Maryland. We'll see if Maryland can give Ohio State a game. 
Georgia at Kentucky, Miami, who's horrible at Clemson. That'll be a bounce back for Clemson. Illinois, maybe a look-ahead spot for them yesterday, losing to Michigan State. Now they travel to the big house. So, good luck. That is true. Yep, and they got to travel now to Michigan, so that's going to be a a significant game uh, for Illinois. Yeah. And Michigan can't slip up looking past them. Nope. We'll see if Baylor can knock off TCU. TCU, a big test at Baylor. So, big game for them. Wow! Utah and Oregon. Yeah. Holy cow. Utah at Oregon uh-uh. next week. Holy. Not in Utah at Oregon. Wow. Then we got USC yeah. at UCLA. It's going to be tw- Pac-12 Madness. We'll call that separation Saturday. Oh, I love it. In the Pac-12. LSU hosts UAB. Uh, UAB is actually pretty good. So be careful with that. LSU could be riding the high. Ole Miss at Arkansas. That should be a good game. Kansas State at West Virginia. They're trying to get back on track. Penn State at Rutgers. Georgia Tech, North Carolina. Oklahoma State will be out, so I don't care. Syracuse and Wake play. Um, yeah, Texas and Kansas. I mean, we'll see, Boogs. Yeah. College football is in. It's it's upon us. And we have one, two, three, four, five, four weeks left. Four more weeks. So four more games and conference championships, and that is it. This is it. NFL, baby, it's time. Let's go. Time for our picks. We talked about this early on. 37-minute mark here, 23 minutes to go on this episode. Boogie and the Baron giving out the locks of the day. I didn't want you peeking at my sheet, so I hid it from you. Oh, and now, boy. And Don't now, be peeking at my sheet. And now we talk about how this is going to go down. Chargers-Falcons is the first game of the day, 10 o'clock on Fox. Chargers come in 4-3. and three. They are currently in the 7th spot in the AFC. They're at Atlanta, who occupies the 4th spot. Chargers coming off a bye. Atlanta coming off a wild overtime win against the Carolina Panthers last week. Right now, Boogie, Chargers are minus 2.5. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with the Falcons. I think the Falcons are flying high, baby. No pun intended there. I think the Falcons' uh, offense is going to give the Chargers' defense a tough time today. Uh, There are injuries on the offense for the Chargers. Keenan Allen is questionable. Mike Williams is out uh, for several weeks. Uh, Give me the Falcons. Atlanta, baby. What do you tell? You want to buy it to three plus three? Uh, I got it at three right now. Love it. Atlanta plus three, drink bet. I found... uh, LA minus two and a half. I'm going to go money line uh, Chargers minus 145. I think they go off the buy and get the win here. Boogie and the Barons, first of many drink bets on this Sunday slate of games. We move on to the Dolphins at the Bears. Two in the kids, looking quick, looking dominant. Back to back wins against the Steelers and the Lions. The Bears, who are, were riding a high after beating New England, they lost at Dallas. Dallas is on fire right now, so can't really hurt them there. The Bears come in sitting at number 14 in the NFC. Dolphins are number 6 in the AFC. Dolphins a small four-point favorite on the road in Chicago. Yeah, the Bears pick up in uh, the trade deadline. Chase Claypool. Uh, I still don't think it's enough, though, as his Dolphins team is getting healthy. Tua looks great. Uh, Dolphins picked up a couple of key players on that trade deadline as well. I think the Dolphins play uh, well defensively and be able to shut down Justin Fields. Give me Dolphins minus four. Dolphins minus four on the road for Boogie. Drink bet number two. I'm taking the home dog, Chicago Bears. What I've noticed is when teams make trades, you, look, you think they're tanking. Look at the Panthers. The Panthers have came back strong after getting rid of McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. The Bears traded Roquan Smith 
um, as well as Robert Quinn. But I still think at home, I think they found something offensively with Justin Fields. I think they can hang in there against a Dolphins team whose defense has not been very good this year. Taking the Bears, getting the four for our second drink bet. Man, it's going to be drink bets galore today as the Panthers visit <laughs> the Bengals. We don't do this on purpose. Carolina's 2-6, and six, number 15 in the NFC. The Bengals are coming off a humiliating Halloween Monday night loss against the Browns. The Bengals are 4-4. Four and four. They're at home. They're sitting at the 9 spot now, trying to keep getting wins. I think this is the perfect bounce-back spot for the Bengals. Both teams coming off losses, tough ones. Blowout loss for the Bengals. OT loss at Atlanta for Carolina. Boogs, drink bet number three, my man. I'm laying the seven with Cincinnati here. I think they blow them out today. Uh, Panthers are playing really well with their new quarterback that's been sitting on the bench, uh, PJ Walker. He's uh, been stellar. And, of course, I know that they got rid of Christian McCaffrey uh, to the 49ers in the trade. No Chubba Hubbard today, but that's okay because I'm not eating ice cream. I am playing fantasy football with Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman has been taking the carries again. He was outstanding last week, rushed for 118 yards. I love getting these points today. Give me the Panthers plus the seven. I think they're riding high. Carolina plus seven for Boogie. Cincy plus minus seven for me. Finally, we come to a game that I think we're going to agree on. The Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Detroit's one and six. Worst defense of all of football. 32 points a game given up. This is the perfect game for Green Bay to get back on track. They've lost four consecutive games. A 10-point Sunday night loss in Buffalo was tough. The Lions have lost five in a row. And they... I had a tough loss against Miami last week uh, in a game that they had the lead most of the game. Rodgers owns. Rodgers owns the Detroit Lions. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I know you're going to lay the three and a half here. I'm taking money line. I tagged money line earlier at minus $1.90. Green Bay lay the juice. They win the game. Yeah, as of last night, it was three and a half. It's up to four now. Packers laying four points. I, I think the Packers can get on back on track. This Lions team, unfortunately cannot win games from just effort, which is what their head coach is continuously preaching. But it's not very good. Just not very good right now, and uh, something's got to change. I'm not sure. You might have to change that head coach in the next couple of weeks or or by the end of the season. Um, this Lions team is owned by the Packers. I'll take the Packers. Minus four. got to scratch your head if the Packers lose this game. Green Bay is going to run it down their throats. That's one thing they showed me on the Sunday night game. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon being able to run the football and open it up for Rodgers to make easy throws. I think they own them on the ground. Detroit worse than football against a run. So I think they're going to run the ball down their throat and control the time of possession. And Rodgers is going to get easy throws to his young, young receiving core. Green Bay walks out of there with a win. Colts at the Patriots. The third game of this morning. Colts, Pats. You know, Sam Ellinger, Colts at the quarterback position, 10 seed in the AFC right now, 3-4-1. Patriots are the 8 at 4-4. Four and four. Should be a good game up in Foxborough today, Boogs. Uh, New England is a 5-point home favorite against the Sam Ellinger-led Colts, who lost to the Commanders last week. Yeah, the Colts actually have some injuries. Jonathan Taylor is not playing again. Uh, this bad ankle has really, really hurt him all season long. Uh, but you have a Deion Jackson out there that's stepping up as a third uh, option as Naheem Hines was also traded earlier this week. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts. I think the Colts can keep it close with the Patriots. Uh, don't have a lot of great feeling on the, the quarterback situation over there with the Patriots. The defense is pretty good, uh, but I think the Colts keep it close. Plus five and a half for me on the Colts. All right. 
Well, plus five and a half for the Colts. I got to go New England minus the five here at home uh, for our fourth drink bet in five games. I think Belichick, he's really good against these young quarterbacks with not a lot of experience. And they did not impress me last week when I'm talking about the Colts losing to the Commanders at home the way they did. I think New England's getting back on track here to get over 500. New England minus five. Um, that's a good bet for me. Bills at the Jets. My Lord, the Bills look great. Six and one. They are on a roll. They've won four straight games. Number one in the AFC right now at 6-1, and one, the Super Bowl favorite is. Jets have came back to life after a four-game winning streak, losing at home 22-17 against the Patriots last week. They come in at number five. This is a potential divisional round type matchup here if the Jets can stay in the playoff picture as they come in at number five in the AFC. And I'm sorry, Boogie, I think it's quite disrespectful that you're giving 11 points here. Going to take the Jets getting 11. You know what? I like the Bills last night, minus 11 and a half. It's down to 10 and a half now at Stations. So give me the Bills. I think the Bills can take care of business today on the road. No Brees Hall today. Again, he's out for the season. Uh, they're just trying to figure out their running back situation. Um, their cornerbacks for the Bills uh, are great, and I think that they can cover uh, Garrison. And I think that you actually have, a, or Garrett Wilson, and I think that they will go ahead and take care of business, lay the points, Bills winning by upper teens to 20 points. Wow, okay. Boogie on the Bills, Baron on the Jets. Bills on the Bills. We move on. Vikings and the Commanders here. Now the Commanders have, have a little bit of revitalization with Taylor Heineke at the quarterback position. The Commanders actually come in number eight right on the cusp of a playoff spot in the NFC. With that loaded NFC East, they're in the basement, and they're 4-4. Four and four. Vikings are 6-1, and one, one of the better teams in all of football this year. Lions 3.5. I think it's down to 3 in a lot of places right now. Money line's minus 170. I'm rolling with the Vikings, bro. Vikings in the in the day, daylight spot here, not a night game. Cousins should be able to do bit, take care of business. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all those guys. They just picked up uh, Hawkinson from the Lions in a trade. So they got a new tight end weapon, new toy for uh, Cousins. They're on a roll. They can do it all. I like the Vikings to go on the road and get a win against the Commanders team that I don't think is all the way there yet. Moneyline Vikings, minus 170. Yeah, Commanders have won three in a row, uh, surprisingly. Um, Vikings have won five in a row. Kirk Cousins returns to Washington to face his former team. Um, again, like you said, newly acquired former Titan. Lions like tight end, TJ Hawkinson. You like that? You like that? Um, he'll be a big part of this offensive game plan, I believe, with all his other uh, great toys he's got on offense. I think, of course, I think that they're too talented to be able to lose to this commander's team. Give me the Vikings as they roll minus three. Vikings minus three for Boogie. Vikings money line for me. Our second agreement pick on today's pod. Man, they're at a premium today, Boogie. So that means we got to roll with what we got, brother. Yes, sir. Raiders and the Jaguars, two of the worst teams in all of football. Both teams are two and six, sitting at 13 and 14, respectively, in the AFC. Both teams in desperate need of a win. My apologies. The Raiders are two and five. Um, Raiders are two and five. They had their bye week a couple weeks ago. They got shut out at New Orleans last week. Jaguars lost in London to Denver, and they come back, and they now host the Raiders. Jacksonville's lost a bunch of games in a row. Something's got to give here, Boogie. I got to take the home dog, though. It's plus two and a half. I'll buy it to three. Jacksonville plus three against the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, Las Vegas Raiders have not won a game yet on the road. They come in 0-4, 2-5 overall. They're laying only two and a half points at this point. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I think that after getting shut out by the Saints, I think they're refocused after getting uh, knocked out last week. 
Give me the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders on the money line. Yep. Minus $1.50 right now. Okay. Raiders get the win. Oh, man. Another drink bet. Boogie on the Raiders. Baron on the Jaguars. That is our 10 o'clock slate. We only they have six teams on buys this week, so we only have two afternoon games. First of which is the Seahawks and the Cardinals. The Seahawks have had an impressive season with Geno Smith in the MVP conversation at 5-3. and three. Seahawks are the number three seed right now in the NFC uh, leading the NFC West. Arizona at 3-5 and five at home. They need some wins to get back into this thing. The Cardinals are sitting at the 12th spot, but one game can change everything. Cardinals are coming off a 34-26 loss at Minnesota. Heartbreaker. Seattle just keeps winning. They've won three straight. They just beat the Giants 27-13 in Seattle last week. Now they go on the road here. Really short favorite for Arizona. Minus one and a half. Money line's minus $1.30. I think Arizona gets back on track. I like this team. I'm going to take them on the money line. Minus 130 to beat Seattle today. This was a little bit of a tough game for me because I like the Seahawks. I believe in Geno Smith. This guy's career has been revitalized uh, after so many years, either not playing at all, sitting on the bench, or being... um, you know, not very good when he did play. This guy's been in the league for about 11 years or so, and he has been career revitalized. Yes. Nobody thought that this Seahawks team would be where they're at right now, especially with Geno Smith. It's great to see this guy be able to do what he's been doing. On the flip side, the Cardinals also, uh, they have not been playing the way that they were supposed to, but they got D-Hop back. No D-Hop last time these two teams met. 19-9, to uh, Seahawks beat them. You know, since 2019, both teams have split against each other, um, which means that maybe the Cardinals can go ahead. I think the Seahawks bucked that trend, though, even though D-Hop has been on a tear since coming back the last two games. 22 catches, 262 yards, and a touchdown in just the last two games his teams have played. I still like the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks. I think they're for real this year. Give me the Seahawks laying uh, or getting points plus two on the money line. Ooh, Seahawks plus two, another drink bet. Man, Boogie, we are going to be, someone's going to be broke and someone's going to be drunk after today. Oh, we could split, split. Maybe we, well, for you listeners out there, when me and Boogie do do a lot of drink bets like this, it's usually about 500. So pick your poison. Rams, Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champs against the last two actual Super Bowl champions, 2021 champs against the 2020 champs. Rams, Bucks, the GOAT trying to get back on track. The Rams, who have not looked very good, they're trying to get on track here. This is a kind of a, it's early in the year, but we're looking at maybe a must win here. Tampa and the Rams, who would have thought this at this point in the season? Bucks are 10th, Rams are 9th in the NFC right now. Crazy. Both teams need a win. Gotta roll with the GOAT. They've lost three games in a row. They, they're coming off a, a bye week here, and... The uh, Rams looked really bad in San Francisco or at home against San Francisco. So I think Matthew Stafford needs another weapon. He hasn't gotten it yet, and I think the Buccaneers finally get one here. Tampa Bay money line minus 155. Yeah, the Bucs actually just come off of a bad loss at home, no less. Um, and they're at home again. Brady is just struggling big time. He is definitely missing Gronkowski uh, in the middle of the field. Uh, he doesn't have that safety valve for him. Uh, he's got a lot of off-the-field issues going on, but they're at home today. This Rams team is in disarray right now as well. Yep. They are looking for a running back. They can't find one. Yep. Um, I got to go with the Bucks here. I think the Bucks on the money line, minus $1.55. Yes, sir. Uh, for me, I will go ahead and see if Tampa Tom can get it done at home. 
Tampa time to get it done at home. Our third agreement pick. We moved to Sunday Night Football, the Sunday Night Fix game, and a line and a point spread that makes no sense. It's a soap opera, so we'll see what happens. Both these teams come in at 5-2, and two, the Chiefs and the Titans. Titans are the number two in the AFC. Chiefs are number three in the AFC. Very interesting spot here as uh, Kansas City's coming off 44-23 win at San Francisco, and they have a bye week. Andy Reid's record on a bye week, incredible. Titans, have what have they done? They've won five consecutive games. They got Malik Willis in at quarterback. Tannehill's questionable. We'll see if he plays. He's a game-time decision. I mean, I don't understand the line here, Boogie. Twelve and a half? I don't really understand that. And everyone that I'm hearing, all the chirpings, too many points, blah, blah, blah. Kansas City big. Kansas City lay the points. I got Derrick Henry and the Titans plus 13. I think they keep it close. Most people don't think that, obviously, since he got Vegas at minus 13 for the Chiefs. I am going oppo here. I'm taking the Titans plus the 13 points, and I think they can keep it within a touchdown. Why do two teams with the same record, the two and the three seed in the AFC, why the hell is the point spread 12, 13 points? It makes uh, no sense. Maybe because of a rookie quarterback playing? I have no clue. But drink bet, Kansas City minus 12 for me. Buy off that hook, Kansas City plus 13 for the boogie master. Monday Night Football, Boogie Flop in this game about 17 times, pre-show. <laughs> and I think he did this in spite of me, but we got the Ravens at the Saints. Baltimore coming in at the number four spot, leaders in the AFC North. Saints are coming off a 24-0 victory against the Raiders, and they're 3-5, and five, so they're on the upswing here. I tell you what, Andy Dalton looking good. Um, he's been playing really good football. Kamara is back and healthy, and this Saints defense is back to being pretty ferocious. A, t- a shutout will really help your uh, defensive PPG, that's for sure. And um, seeing a lot of action right now on the Ravens. I'm taking the Saints, Boogs, at home, plus two. Uh, Ravens minus $1.30 on the money line for me, my friend, on Monday night. As uh, Lamar Jackson, don't forget about that guy because this this team, no matter what, they know how to win. They're 3-1 and one on the road going into the game, 5-3 and three overall. And the Ravens got things going again. And uh, I'm taking them, and I think that they got the outright win. That is nine drink bets for you and me. Man, somebody going to have a very, very full stomach. Oh, my Lord. Nine drink bets, three games we agree on. That's our 12-game NFL slate for week number nine. Bet at your own risk. Good luck, Boogie. Good luck to me. Nine drink bets. If I were to put money on this, I'd say it's going to go five and four. We'll see, though. Boogie, best bet time, man. What's your best bet for NFL Week 9? I got to go with those Minnesota Vikings. Boogie's blockbuster best bet is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. They're the better team, more talented than this commander team. Something's got to give. One of these teams is going to have an L in front of them after eight Eight losses or eight wins consecutively combined. Yeah. Vikings five, Commanders three. Vikings go to six straight wins after today. All right, cool. I'm glad you selected a non-drink bet as your best bet. I'm going to take the – I'm taking the GOAT here, man. I, I've taken him a lot this year. He's killed me. But I'll tell you what, this is the game right here. Tampa Tom is back. He's looking good. He's feeling good. He's on point. He's ready to go. Preparation, unbelievable job. Kansas – or uh, Tampa Bay – Money line minus 155. Tampa for me, Minnesota for Boogs. That's a wrap, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed episode 195. We'll see you guys next week for 196. Baron out. Boogie out.